This is Inside Jag Nation, the official podcast of the South Alabama Jaguars. Each week, hear from Jaguar student-athletes, coaches, staff, and alumni as they uncover and relive great stories. With this week's guest, here's former All-Sunbelt Conference offensive lineman Chris May and Jaguar radio broadcaster J.T. Crabtree. Welcome into Inside Jag Nation, the weekly podcast for the University of South Alabama Department of Athletics. I'm J.T. Crabtree, joined by my co-host, former Jags offensive lineman Chris May. Chris, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Good to see you again. Uh, glad to be sitting here uh, doing some podcast interviews. So great yeah. to be here. Talking with a baseball student athlete this week, former Jags shortstop from 2014-2017. actually referred to him on a student radio broadcast as a Hoover vacuum because his defense was so good at shortstop. Drew Labounty is joining us. What's up, Drew? What's going on, guys? I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. Yeah, man. Appreciate you hopping on. A Hoover vacuum. What? A, <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, man. You, you it's true. Drew play. This man can it's play. It's true. It's true. Well, Drew, what, what we like to do on the podcast, man, is, is you give us a little bit of a rundown of where you're at today. Uh, what is Drew LeBounty up to today? And then we'll kind of circle back and get back to, to how you got there. So what, what are you up to now? What are you doing professionally? And where are you at during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, this has actually been obviously a crazy time for, for a lot of people in many different ways. Uh, but for me, it's it's kind of been a blessing in a sense because I've been able to uh, spend a little bit more time with the family. Um, so currently I'm in Pensacola, Florida right now. Um, and professionally, I've been at Arkansas State um, since uh, really since really August of last year. So I uh, spent the year there with the baseball team and um, – really enjoying it over there but this time it's been great to just uh just be around family um I know it's been a difficult time for a lot of people uh but really for me it's been a blessing as I mentioned so I'm enjoying it right now um but not a whole lot going on here in in Pensacola um the one good part about this is is a lot of my friends are in town as well so um been able to to kind of spend some time with them um some time that I probably wouldn't have um without this time without Kobe and, you know, where it's at right now. So um, it's been good. It's been really good. So before Arc State, you were at Pearl River as well, correct? Yeah, Pearl River Community College uh, in Mississippi. Uh, small town. Uh, it's actually in Poplarville, Mississippi. Uh, the way I kind of describe it is it's kind of in between Biloxi and Hattiesburg is the way I'll describe it. So about two hours from Mobile. Uh, so it wasn't too far from, from – you know, my hometown of Pensacola and Mobile. So um, it was it was really great experience. Obviously, first year coaching, really thankful um, for those guys to give me the opportunity to be a part of the program and uh, enjoyed my time. Uh, you know, there's there's really nothing like JUCO baseball. <laughs> it's a, it's an experience within itself. So um, enjoyed enjoyed my time at Pearl River for sure. And you went there straight after you finished up your time at South, correct? I did. I did. So I, I accepted that job uh, in the summer after I had, you know, after everything had happened uh, with the injury. And so it was my last year at South and I had already, you know, finished my degree. Uh, so it was kind of just the next step for me to, to try to find somewhere to, you know, to coach. And it just so happened that an opportunity, you know, came about at Pearl River and it was just one that I couldn't pass up. It was just too good of an opportunity. So 
um, yeah, right after I got done at South is, is when I went to Pearl River. And coaching runs in your blood. I mean, your dad, you know, legendary coach over there in Florida. Is coaching kind of something what you always wanted to do? And did your dad being a coach have a pretty big impact on that? Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, as you mentioned, my dad was a high school baseball coach at uh, the high school that I went to for 34 years. Um, and just growing up, I, I was always at the field, uh, was always around uh, his teams and uh, got to see a lot of great things and, and see the impact as I, as I grew up, see the impact that he had on so many you know, young adults' lives. And I knew that you know, probably really from the time I was about eight, nine, or eight, nine, and 10 is when I realized, like, hey, like, once I get done playing, whatever that may be, you know, I want to be a coach. I want to have the same impact that my dad had on his players, I want to have those on the players that I get the opportunity to come in contact with. So absolutely, it was something I knew that whenever I got done playing is, is what I wanted to do. So, so how early did you start playing baseball? Whew, that's a good question. Like, like immediately? <laughs> oh, yeah, immediately, immediately. I mean, as soon as I, as soon as I could walk and talk, I, I was, I had baseball in my hands, you know, um, I didn't get – I didn't start playing organized baseball until probably I was, I'd say, five or six. Um, but even before then, we had – at my old house, we moved since then, but in my old house we had uh, this room we, we called uh, the green room is what it was called. And it was called that because it had my, – my parents were telling me it had the ugliest green carpet in there ever. <laughs> but what, what it, all it had in there was it was a TV in the corner – and it had um, one one long couch. That was it. And so I used to move the couch over and uh, grab a tennis ball. And, and from the time that I can remember, from the time that I could, I would throw that throw that tennis ball up against the wall, catch it, throw it again, catch it, throw it again. I'm talking about for hours I would do this. And it's just something that I always enjoyed. Um, and, you know, as a kid, it's, it's a lot of fun to throw the ball up against the wall and, and make a diving catch and, you know, and so it, it was It was always something that I've done. And um, my dad and parents, I wouldn't say they really ever pushed me to play, but um, any time that I ever wanted to, they were right there with me. Um, so that made it easier. I, I never felt like I had to play. I always uh, – it was always something that I wanted to do. JT, now we know where that – Hoover vacuum analogy where it all right. started back in the green room exactly. with the tennis the ball. That's, that's a great started. story. <laughs> that's where it started for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you grew up down the road from, from Mobile over in Pensacola. What made you want to come over and play at South? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think a lot of factors um, factored into the decision to, you know, ultimately come to South Alabama. Um, when I was a sophomore in high school, I, I was on the basketball team at, at my high school. And I actually, you know, tore my Tommy John playing basketball, which was kind of a, a freak accident. I've never and heard that before. Yeah. I've never I, heard I, I doing that basketball. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of, kind of a weird situation. But um, so I wasn't able to play my sophomore year. And I tell you that because – um, I was getting recruited kind of during that time. And when the injury happened, when I didn't play uh, sophomore year and I wasn't able to play that summer, which is kind of a big summer, you know, to be recruited after, you know, going into your junior year. And so I wasn't able to get recruited at that time. And 
so there were some some schools that kind of backed off and um you know didn't show a lot of interest during that time and kind of waited and got healthy and south coach calvi you know even during that time you know they wanted me they they showed that you know they wanted me to come to south alabama and you know, along with that and, and along with it being as close as you mentioned, about an hour and 15 minutes away. And um, I wanted my family to be able to come, you know, watch, watch the games. And, you know, selfishly, I wanted to be able to come home if I, if I wanted to, if I needed to uh, for any reason. And it just worked out. I felt like, you know, they stayed faithful to me during, during the injury um, and when I was recovering. And, and I felt like I, in a sense, owed it to them a little bit, stay faithful to them. And, and, you know, come to South. And it was probably the best decision of my life. You had a great career at South. Let's talk about specifically 2017 Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Uh, days of rain delays to get switched from a double elimination to single elimination. You guys make it to the championship. Walk us through those last two innings of emotions from being up to being down then you're tied then you win it uh walk us through all that wow it was a uh it was crazy game obviously um as you mentioned you know being up and then having you know matt peacock one of probably you know the best closer in in the sunbelt probably for sure and you know i'd say i'd put him up there in in the ranks you know in the nation at that time and you know, giving up the home run that he did, uh, you know, in the last inning, it was it was a roller coaster of emotions, to say the least. You know, you're up, and then all of a sudden you're down just like that, and you're like, wow, we have three outs, you know, three outs to try to make this comeback. And But to be honest with you, the team that we had, um, how close we were, um, we just enjoyed each other. We enjoyed playing with each other. We enjoyed playing for each other. And I think – I don't know that anyone really felt like we were ever going to lose the game, even even when we were down, you know, to our last three outs. And then Hardy hits the big home run. And then Eddie, you know, my roommate, hits hits the second big home run. And it's like, okay, we're here, and, and we now we've made the comeback, but now let's finish it, you know. And then obviously, you know, Brandon Donovan, you know, had a tremendous career as well, but gets the big hit and we, and we end up, you know, winning and it was obviously something that I'll never forget it was um, you know you live for you know you live to play for those type moments you enjoy those type moments and a lot of times people get caught up and um, but I think that team itself had you know had the makeup of just accepting what had happened and then just realizing okay that how do we how do we come back from this how do we uh, get back to where we're supposed to be, which is, you know, winning the game. And then, you know, obviously we had a lot of really, really good players and, you know, we were able to overcome, um, you know, that home run. And it was even, even you know, having a one-game, you know, uh, elimination type um, type tournament, it was, it was crazy. There was some teams that um, probably should have, should not have lost earlier in the tournament, but because it's a, a one-time deal, then it, it makes it difficult and uh, for us to, to win it like that. It was, it was a lot of fun. So you've had a – it was your, your freshman year, you had the shoulder injury, right? I did, yeah. 
Okay. So the, the freshman shoulder injury and then the eye injury that happened your senior year. Um, what, what a freak incident. Um, you know, a foul ball goes up and hits you in the eye. I mean, what kind of walk us through everything that, that happened that day? Yeah, it was, like you mentioned, it was kind of a, a freak accident. And it, it was basically just another inter-squad game, just like we've done, you know, probably 100 times in the past four years. Um, this one was a little bit different because every year, every year about two weeks, three weeks before the season, we would start to play some night games uh, just to kind of get, get under the lights and get a feel for – you know, how the game is played on the lights because it is a little bit different, you know, seeing the baseball and different things like that under the lights. And this was our first night game of the, of the year of the, you know, of the spring inter squads. So we were looking forward to it. It was just like any other, any other game. And um, it was, it was a one, two count. Um, the pitcher on the mound had, had a great curveball. And so in the back of my head, probably shouldn't have been thinking that this way, but in the back of my head, I was kind of thinking breaking ball and, um, you never really want to do that, but I, that's what I was doing. And he, th- he ended up throwing a fastball kind of up and in. And so in my head, I'm thinking curveball. So I'm like, okay, stay on it as long as you can. Stay on it, stay on it, stay on it. And so I just kind of stood there wait, waiting for it to break. And obviously it never did. And when I tried to get out of the way, I, I moved to the left, moved towards third base with, when I should have moved – um, you know, kind of away from the pitch. I, I actually moved uh, toward it a little bit um, because I had kind of started my swing. And when I did, the, the bat kind of came forward with me and ended up tipping off the bat and hit me in the eye, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, it, it was just kind of a, a freak accident and um, probably, you know, one in a million type of type of deal, to be honest. So it, it was crazy. What was the what was the hardest adjustment for you? Not only for your baseball life, like the playing now is gone, but also just your everyday life. I think the biggest thing um, over time over time it's definitely gotten a lot better. But the biggest thing was was depth depth perception. Uh, I'm actually I'm right eye dominant, and when it hit me in the right eye, all of a sudden, you know. You kind of take for granted depth perception until you don't have depth perception, <laughs> and so you know, really everyday things became became a challenge of, you know, whether it was driving, whether it was even even when somebody just tosses you something, whether it be your, your keys or or a pencil or whatever it may be, it it becomes really difficult to catch those things, and so obviously I knew when it was difficult to do that, it was going to be impossible to play again um so that that was difficult too realizing that hey this is this is the end you know this is it um but there's there's been many many great things that have happened because of this so uh I can't really complain as far as that goes but yeah I think the biggest thing you know to answer your question would be the depth perception definitely was was the biggest challenge just in everyday life one thing that I'd point out with that to Labounty is that I, for the first time, like saw you since I graduated when we were at Matt Bulger's bachelor party and just getting to hang out with you and be around you, man. I mean, one, that's definitely something that you never want to see happen to a guy with as high character and as good of a dude as you are. But at the same time, like not just saying this to Brown knows or anything, man, but like 
from the outside looking in, like, dude, you handled that with so much like humility and just the way that you've carried yourself through that, man, and just kept pushing through it. It's, it's been really cool to see and really encouraging to watch somebody do that. Because, um, I mean, man, there's a lot of people that have something happen like that to them and completely changes the trajectory of your life. And, like, yes, you know, obviously it did for you, but in the same breath, like, you've taken it in stride, man, and you've continued to, you know, pursue what you wanted to do and you're in coaching and not really letting that stuff affect you. I just think it's been really cool to see from the outside looking in. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I mean, by no means has it been easy, but um, you know, there's, as I mentioned before, there's been a lot of good that has come of this and, you know, it has not been easy. So don't get that wrong, but um you know, the Lord has blessed me with a lot of people in my life who have helped me through this, you know, through everything, really. Uh, not even just the I, but even before, you know, he, he's put people in my life who um, have pointed me in the right direction consistently and, you know, have made his presence known. So, you know, I, I thank him every day for, for everything, really. And uh, a testament to how good of a guy you are and the, the body of work that you had not even playing your last year. You were drafted by the, the Blue Jays in the 40th round. How, how did you find out that you were drafted? Kind of walk us through getting the call and everything. So, yeah, it was it's kind of a crazy story, but I was helping uh, my high school, uh, Pitt School Catholic, in the summer league, and they have a summer baseball league where, you know, they're able to play really about 20 to 25 games, and we were kind of in the middle of that, and so I was enjoying just being around the game and, and coaching those guys. And um, so we, we, had a, we had a tournament um, that weekend – or that, that day, actually. It was a doubleheader. And, you know, we, we played the first game, and so we're kind of in between games. And in between games, we would, we would go to the concession stand and kind of work the concession stand for uh, parents or players, whoever needed a drink or, or you know, candy bar or anything like that. And we were in the concession stand, and, and one of my best friends, Trey Halstead, was there with us, you know, helping me coach and um, just being there with us. And, you know, he looks at his phone one second, and he's scrolling through Twitter, and he says, hey, you just got drafted. And I was like, what? Like, no, I can't even play. Why would anyone draft me? Like, no, I didn't get drafted. He's like, no, it's right here. And shows me on Twitter my name that I got drafted. And so I'm like, oh, my God. So I – I went, you know, into the dugout where my phone was and grabbed my phone and um, was, you know, look at my phone, like trying to figure out what's going on. And sure enough, I had about, you know, five texts and uh, a couple phone calls from who I didn't have their number, obviously, but uh, from the Blue Jays. And so I called them back and, and was able to, to talk with a few guys from the Blue Jays. And, you know, they just kind of, they just told me like, hey, you know, we wanted to do this for you. And, um and it was it was crazy. I, I never I never expected it. I never thought that that they were even interested in the first place. To be honest, and um, never had in my wildest dreams would have thought that I would have gotten drafted after everything. So it, it was a crazy experience, and I think it just shows um, you know a lot about the Toronto Blue Jays organization as a whole and the people who run that organization and the high character that they have um, to, to really, in a sense, waste a draft pick on me, 
you know, somebody who they knew wasn't going to be able to play. And so it, it meant a lot for, for, it meant a lot to me for them to think of me in that, in that light. And um, I will forever be grateful for them and cherish, you know, cause there's a lot of people who, who would love to get drafted and, you know, in a sense, I took that away from somebody else who may have had the opportunity to actually play. But uh, with that being said, it, it, it was an amazing experience and um, just really thankful to really the Toronto Blue Jays organization as a whole. How do you feel like your time as a student athlete at South Alabama impacted where and who you are today? I think it impacted me greatly. Um, you know, as I mentioned, it, it was one of the best decisions I ever made to come to South for multiple reasons. And, um, you know, one of those is, is obviously the baseball aspect of it. You know, I had tremendous coaches who uh, shaped my life and who, again, you know, made me want to be a coach. You know, like sometimes some people run into coaches where um, maybe – for whatever reason, they kind of pushed them away from the game or the sport that they play. And I was fortunate that at South, I had Coach Calvi, Coach Lucky, you know, Coach Prothrow, even Coach Zuli, um, Coach Keller um, at the same time. They, they all, you know, were incredible to me and uh, taught me a lot about the game, taught me, you know, a lot about life too. And so they – they really pushed me to want to be a coach as well because I saw the impact that they had on, you know, all of the guys that I played with, you know. And so um, I, I think another reason that it, it really shaped me and the person I am is uh, through a program called Campus Outreach. Uh, it's just a campus ministry. And um, not every, not every uh, college or university has, you know, a campus outreach. And what campus outreach is is just – um, a ministry uh, within the university that um, really invests their time into into student athletes as well as you know students across campus and um, share the gospel with them and um, through campus outreach you know I really uh, became a Christian and I don't know that I would have become a Christian if I would have gone somewhere else so when you say that it has it how has it shaped my life well it shaped my life today, but it's also shaped my life eternity. And I think that's just um, bigger than anything else that I could have imagined you know, going to South. So it has tremendously, you know, shaped my life. That's awesome. Man. There's a lot of similar connections that we have there with, with campus outreach to baseball connections too. You think of Justin Awara, who's a South Alabama baseball alum who was, you know, really influential in bringing because campus outreach was at South left and then came back my senior year in 2015, and then, you know, is still there. But also Matt Bolger, who's now the, the campus director there. So it's really cool to see kind of all of that come full circle, um, just in regards to a baseball aspect and just in regards to the ministry aspect of it, too. That's really cool. What, um, what advice would you give to any current or soon-to-be student athlete? Well, first off, I'll start with um... – I'll start with soon to be student athlete. I would say, you know, when somebody is being recruited, it doesn't matter where it could be South Alabama or, or anywhere else in the country. I'll give them three pieces of advice. I would say, I'd say, uh, go where, go where you're wanted, go where you wanted. If, if you realize that, Hey, this, this, you know, university, this coaching staff, 
They, they want me here. They want me to be a part of this program. They, you know, they want me, you know, that, I think that's important. Uh, the second thing is, is go where you want to go. Don't go where uh, culture says you should go. Don't go where, uh, I mean, I guess you can listen to your parents to some degree, but you know, their, their dreams may not be your dreams and their passions may not be your passions. So go where you want to go. And the, and the third is, is pray about it. He'll lead you in the right direction, um, wherever that may be. You know, ho- hopefully, hopefully it's South Alabama, but if it's not, then he'll lead you in the right direction. There's no doubt about it. And um, as far as current student athletes, I'd say enjoy your time. Um, enjoy your time where you're at because it, at some point it's going to end. It really will. And it, it goes by faster than you think. So um, enjoy every second. Enjoy the, the hardships that come with being a student athlete all the time, consumption, everything that comes, enjoy it. Um, make sure you say thank you to, to the people that are around you because there's a lot of people behind the scenes that do a lot for, for all these student athletes, e- even you two guys. You two guys do, you know, incredible work behind the scenes for a lot of different people. And you probably don't get the credit that you deserve, to be honest with you, but uh, and there's a lot more people like you guys who who help us student athletes in so many different ways. So, um, you know, I just I want them to be thankful for for the people that they have in their corner who are who are fighting for them every day. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you uh, also slipping in there saying uh, you hope folks come to South Alabama. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> well who would you say has been the most impactful person in your life up to this point i know it's it it can be hard to pencil in just one um but if you could give us one or two Uh, that's that's a good question um hmm. i would have to say my parents my parents probably count as one um think of them as a team (laughs) so they're they're definitely probably the most influential people in my life um from an early age they've obviously taken care of me but have done so many things for me that I couldn't even imagine and have given me everything that that I could imagine and and more and and probably more than I deserve to be honest and um so them was definitely probably the most influence in my life um on top of them on top of them that's a good question. I, I mean, I'd have to, I, I would have to say a couple of my friends, you know, I've had a, a huge impact in my life. Um, who a couple of them have taken care of me when I was, when I was hurt. A couple of them have, have really helped shape my, my Christian life. And so not to mention them by name, but there's, there's been a lot of friends in my life who have impacted me and influenced me and, uh, many different ways, you know, and so I'd have to say them as well. One of the questions that we like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast, just to kind of get a really kind of behind the scenes look at the the person that we're interviewing is what is your definition of success? That's a tough one. Um, I think, I think definition of success and, you know, my view might be a little bit different than, than a lot of people, than a lot of other people, but 
definition of success would would have to be something along the lines of, you know, am I living for Christ every day? And, and I don't really think of that as a success, but more of a, as a privilege uh, to live for Christ every day and surrender your heart to Christ every day. And whatever that looks like, you know, wherever you're at, it, it really doesn't matter as long as you're pursuing Christ in that, you know, I'm a baseball coach and, you know, Chris, you, you do insurance and, and also the podcast and, you know, JT doing what you're doing behind the scenes as, as far as accommodating. It's whatever, whatever we're doing, whatever walk of life you're in, it's, it's the pursuit of Christ in that, um, I guess would be my definition of success. And as I mentioned, it's, it's not really, it's not really unobtainable. Like it's not something that you can really grasp, but it's more so just a privilege to, to, live that way to live as you know to follow christ is is a privilege and so it's it's something that i you know try to do every day i guess that's fantastic that's awesome um all right drew we've uh we're switched gears on you here we've gone back on usajaguars.com found your old bio yeah we're gonna go we're gonna go through your favorites and see if they still hold up all right your first one uh, favorite movie you listed the natural yeah that's that's still that's still up there i gotta say that's still a great movie to this day i mean oh well, i mean i'm a baseball guy obviously so you know the sandlot it's always classic and anytime that's on i'll watch that but i, I think I'll, i think i'll stick with the natural if i could add one I, i'd say sandlot i guess okay all right uh favorite teams you listed the san francisco giants I think they're still up there, but I, I think at this point I'd have to add the, the Blue Jays to that list uh, for sure. Definitely up there. Speaking of Blue Jays, you've got your favorite athletes listed, one of which is Jose Reyes, second of which Dustin Pedroia, PD, huge fan. Of him. I'm a big Red Sox fan, so yeah, was excited to see that one. Those two still stand true? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think it – at this point, I don't know that I really have a favorite player, but, you know, they're definitely two that I loved watching, especially growing up. And the times, you know, when I was going through high school and, and even in college, you know, those two guys were, were my guys and I enjoyed watching them play. So I'll, I'll stick with those two. I, I think you, you were Justin Pedroia. I was yeah. literally just about to say that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of stereotypical. You know, kind of, kind of short guy, middle infielder, you know, so that's me, I guess. <laughs> Drew, what reminds me of it, too, is um, you talked about that, uh, the 2017 championship, how you guys were so tight. It reminds me of when I traveled with you guys so much in 15, the dirtbag Jack Russells. That oh, fits yeah. the mold. That's what comes <laughs> to my mind. Absolutely. Good times. Good times, 2015. <laughs> Smaller guy that packs a lot of power, too, man. Petey could put it over the fence when he needed. He could, he could. That's for sure. That's for sure. He had more power than I got. So <laughs> <laughs> he's got. Uh, you got listed your favorite music, Kenny Chesney. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to change that one for sure. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, I'd have to go with. Uh, I guess a band called uh, Shane and Shane. Uh, They're good. Just, yeah. just a really good band. If you haven't, if you haven't checked them out, check them out. They're great. So I have to go with them right now. Free time listed watching baseball. 
Yeah, that's going to have to stay. That's definitely going to have to stay. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, there might be some other things now, but that's definitely probably the top of the list. So I'll stick with, I'll stick with watching baseball there. All right. All right. So our, our last thing we've got for you is what would you say is your favorite memory from your time at South? Wow. There, there's so many good ones. Um, obviously we've, we've had a lot of, you know, really good baseball teams and really good people that I've been able to play with and, and play for. And I'd, I'd say probably the biggest, you know, thing would probably be just the, the relationships that, I have through through South, you know, whether it be baseball or campus outreach or, you know, whatever it was, just all the different relationships that I was able to to have through through uh, through South Alabama has been incredible. And as I mentioned, you know, a lot of those, a lot of my friends, a lot of those relationships have um, impacted me and influenced me every day. So I would say, even moving forward, you know, those relationships will hold true. Um, and, and so I'm very, very thankful for, for my time at South and those relationships that were made through, through South for sure. Yeah, Chris, that kind of sounds uh, reminiscent of what, what you and I have said, right? Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, man, there's just the, the accolades and, you know, the, honestly, the time playing can kind of fade sometimes. But to me, man, I mean, just thinking back to, you know, just a short memory that we have together, Drew, of just sitting up there in that cabin in Scottsboro hanging out for that weekend, man. Like, we didn't really talk – we told some old ghost, old ghost stories of playing days, but really it's just the, like, relationships, goofing off and, you know, the, the playing spike ball and the sitting around and, and playing spades and all that fun stuff. Like, that's the stuff that I miss the most of sports it, it isn't playing like I love competing I miss that but I don't miss the actual aspect of, of football I miss the heck out of just the camaraderie of sitting in the the locker room or you know the plane rides or those those bus trips or eating ice cream together at the battle house like all that stuff's the stuff that I miss yeah absolutely I, I would agree 100% with that I mean e even even you talking about the, the 2017 you know you know championship that we won tournament championship that we won it's I don't even remember half of the details you know of course I remember the two big home runs and Donnie you know walking it off but I don't remember how we even got to that point to be honest with you like but I, I'll tell you what I remember more so and, and that's the dog pile after and, <laughs> and after the game like all the pictures that were taken and um, looking back on those pictures I'm like man, I miss that guy or I mean, you know, remember that one time we did that together or whatever it may be. So Chris is right. You kind of forget some of those details that are involved in, in the actual game itself. Uh, that's not to take away from what the game is. Like the game Agreed. is the game. Agreed. You enjoy the, the competitive nature of the game and you enjoy competing with, with your, you know, with your friends, with your brothers. And um, But it's the, the thing you miss the most is just, being a part of the team and being with the guys and, and hanging out and um, whether it be in, in the apartments or in the dorms or wherever it may be, just being with each other and, and building those relationships. And because as I mentioned, you know, the, the games, they end, but those relationships, they stay with you. And so, like I said, it, it, I'm, I'm very, very thankful for my time at South. So. 
we appreciate you hopping on here with us, man. And glad, to, glad to have you on and glad to, to get to hear a little bit more of your story. And we really appreciate you hopping on the podcast with us. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Fun. That'll, that'll do it for this episode of Inside Jagnation. Join us weekly for a new episode on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and on iHeartRadio. For Drew and for Chris, I'm JT. We'll see you guys next time. Inside Jag Nation is a production of South Alabama Athletics. Weekly episodes can be found for free on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and iHeartRadio by simply searching South Alabama Jaguars. You can also go to usajaguars.com and select the Multimedia tab. Thanks for listening, and go Jags! Wow!